Hey guys, welcome back to Fiction Fixation. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. And this week we're going to be recapping the 2013 fantasy movie, The Mortal Instruments, City of Bones, based on the novel by Cassandra Clare by the same name. And I will start off by saying that I am confusion. I am confusion. Okay. I feel like this movie was made for people who have read the books. So I feel like there's some context that (laughs) they sort of left out throughout the majority of the movie. You know what? It wasn't that it was hard to follow. It's more that there was just so much happening at once that my attention span couldn't absorb it. Yeah. So it's a two hour movie. And I think the book's probably like about 400 pages long. So not like a giant book, but also it's a it's a decent sized book. You know, this is not light afternoon reading. Right. This is a book isn't for the pussies. Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> OK, if you had to describe the YA genre to someone who has no idea what it is, how would you describe it? I would describe the YA genre geared for readers of like. 15 to 25. It's for the girlies. Essentially, this story, the main character, her name is Clary. And how old is she? 17, 18? 15. 15. What? She is 15? She's 15. This happens right before the birthday that she celebrates is her 16th Mm -hmm. birthday. Oh, my God. This girl looks like she's 25 years old. I can't believe she's playing a (laughs) 15-year-old. She's 15. Okay. If you say so. Clary is being raised by a single mom. Her name's Jocelyn, and Jocelyn is an artist. That's how she pays the bills. Mom has a bestie named Luke. He is clearly totally in love with Jocelyn, and she has friend-zoned him. Yeah, he he wants the mom. By the way, the mom is gorgeous. Yes, the mom is gorgeous. She has porcelain, beautiful skin, and then this reddish-auburn hair, which I... Oh, God. I don't know if I have the complexion to pull off auburn hair, but this movie made me want to dye my hair. She's played by Lena Headey, and Lena Headey plays Cersei Lannister on Game of Thrones. Holy cow. Dude, they had some big actors in this. I can't believe I didn't recognize Mm -hmm. her as Cersei Lannister. She looks really different. It's the hair. I don't know. She has this ethereal beauty as well, like low-key kind of evil as well. Like a mortal fae queen? Probably. Yes. Yeah. Clary has been doing some weird shit. She has this this symbol in her that she keeps drawing. She's scribbling it everywhere. It's like that song you have stuck in your head mm-hmm. that you can't get out of it. So you just sit there and sing it all day. But right. instead of singing a song, Clary is just drawing the symbol. It's like a diamond that has like two little scythe tails coming up in opposite directions at the top. It's so interesting you described it as a diamond with tails coming out because I described it as like something a caveman would draw to represent a demon. Really? You feel like it's demonic? It has horns. It's not horns. (laughs) It's supposed to represent. So what it is, is it's the angelic rune. And those tails of the horns at the top are actually supposed to be angel wings. Oh, get out of here. I misread that. Yeah. But so we know that Clary's mom is hiding something because the mom is getting really nervous at these symbols and side eyeing her daughter. And as her daughter is leaving that day to go out with her friend, the mom is like, there's something I need to tell you. And always 
in movies, like people just don't want the tea when they need to get the tea. Like they're just not interested. She's like, mom, I'll talk to you later. She's like, mom, I'm going out. I told you I was going out. And right after Clary leaves, Jocelyn turns to Luke and she's like, oh my God. And he's like, you're going to have to tell her eventually. You can't keep hiding this. We get the scene where the mom's friend Luke is like, you're going to have to tell her. So it's just, it's a confirmation that, ooh, there's some mysterious secret. <laughs> there's always a mysterious secret in YA books. Soon we're actually going to get to the second always happens day in YA books. So Clary goes out with her best friend, Simon, and we have to stop here for a second and talk about Simon. It's like that TikTok where it says, it's you and me and me and you and my friend, Steve. (laughs) Steve, (laughs) Because that's Simon, right? Like Simon is always around. Simon definitely gives off some golden retriever vibes. Clary and Simon, they go to this slam poetry thing. You know what? Slam poetry could be either extremely powerful or extremely painful to watch. And there is no middle ground. Like it's either or. There's no mouse. Okay. Right. It either changes your life or makes you want to <laughs> kill yourself. Yeah. Um. Well, Clary and Simon, they leave the slam poetry thing and they're walking down the street. Clary sees this club. It's called Pandemonium Club. And Clary's like, you know what? Let's go in here. Doesn't Clary see the symbol that she's been drawing? Yeah, she sees the symbol behind the Pandemonium sign. Like it's on the light up sign behind the words. She sees the angelic rune there. And she asks the doorman, because I think at this point, she wants to know what that symbol means and why she keeps drawing it. So she asks the doorman, what's that symbol? And the doorman's like, what symbol? But then he just lets her in. What happens is that a guy who's walking into the club asks Clary, asks the bouncer that. He hears her ask and then tells the bouncer to let her in. Everyone there is dressed like they just came out of a hot topic. Yes, came out of a hot topic, but not like a modern day hot topic, like a 2008 hot topic. It's a difference. Before hot topic changed their logo. Right. It's all goth and emo inspired. Clary's having kind of a good time. She's dancing and whatnot. And... Simon is just happy to be with Clary. I don't think Simon's having a great time, but definitely happy to be where Clary is. So as Clary is dancing and having a good time, she looks over at this altercation that's happening on the other side of the club. And it looks like there's a woman that's holding a man back so that another man can stab him while everyone is dancing around them. So this is some summoning demons type shit. Like, this is where you leave. And then Clary sees the guy that got stabbed kind of like burst into like shards. And she screams. Clary screams. Everyone looks at her, including the people that just stabbed a dude in the middle (laughs) of a club. Everyone's looking at Clary because no one else could see these people that just murdered someone. Clary tries to tell Simon and Simon's like, I think there's something being pumped into the air because I I don't know what you're talking about. So one of the people there, I say the murderer is this like skinny blonde guy with a sword. And he comes after Clary because he wants to know how she can see him because apparently he's supposed to be invisible. The murderer is this like tall, but not crazy tall, blonde guy. And he has longer hair, definitely man bun worthy. If I had to describe him, he looks feline. Draco Malfoy, but like not as hot. Yes. 
I know. Draco Malfoy, but not hot. Yeah. If Draco Malfoy was that skateboarder kid from your town. Yes. So this guy, his hair looks kind of greasy, but he is wearing leather. He does have a weapon and he does have tattoos. (laughs) So we're going to look past that. It's a greasy look he has going on. It's not just the greasy look, Courtney. It's the fact that he looks like he's eight years old. If he was a couple feet shorter and someone told you this is a child, like a little tiny child, you would believe them because that's what his face looks like. You know what? That's fair. The guy we're referencing, because I guess we're naming names, is Jamie Campbell Bauer. I'm so sorry, sir. Sir, I apologize. You are perfectly adequately aged in the facial area. (laughs) He was in Breaking Dawn and he played one of the Volturi. Oh, okay. No, that... Makes sense. So this guy, right away, we get the vibes that he is supposed to be some sort of male lead, right? Like the vibes are that he's like kind of hot, kind of a bad boy. And Clary, while she just saw him murder someone, is somehow attracted to him. She's getting the download woes, okay? Download woes. The hormones are happening. The hormones are hormoning, okay? But I guess what I'm trying to say is that this guy is just not giving main character energy. This was not the right character for him. This was my biggest issue with the whole movie was the casting for Jace. He doesn't give Jace vibes. The casting for everybody else seemed, I don't know the book, but everybody else seemed to fit their character. But he was the only one that felt really off. Anyways, Clary is arguing with this guy in the street about how she saw him murder someone. And this guy is just so like chill he's like it was a it wasn't a person it was a demon like yeah he's like it's okay don't worry about it it was a demon no like source trust me bro no receipts just trust Mm -hmm. me that was a demon okay clary is arguing with this guy which which why why is she trying to convince someone that she thinks is a murderer that he is a murderer because that's what she's doing she's like no Mm -hmm. you're a murderer i saw you murder him you murderer and it's like girl And this guy is like girl bossing and gaslighting. Like, no, he didn't. You saw nothing. I don't know what you're talking about. And but then these two businessmen walk past and just see Clary like yelling at empty space in the street. No one else but Carrie can see this guy. So it just looks like she's yelling at an empty space in the street. Yeah. While this is happening, there is an Mm -hmm. insane commotion happening at Clary's mom's house. These two big buff dudes that kind of look like cavemen and leather. They busted into Clary's mom to Clary's house. Her mom is there. And they're like, hello, Jocelyn. What's that English accent they have? Is that the Cockney accent? Yeah, it's the one that's like reserved for um people who are up to no good. There's another accent for invading other continents and colonizing them. Wait. That's the one George Washington had. <laughs> oh, my God. They have that accent, the up to no good, the hello, love, that one. Honestly, Hollywood has conditioned us to think that because every villain with an accent has that Cockney accent. Yes. Hello, governor. Yes, that one. Listen, guys, we're sorry, but we're also right. <laughs> so hey <laughs> we're listen we also don't fact check ourselves ever so if we're yeah. wrong that's also our fault it makes me so annoyed like it's so hard to have a conversation with like know-it-all sometimes like my husband because i will say something that i think it's interesting like why do villains always have a cockney accent and instead of like yes anning me he's like 
is that a statistical like analysis? Like, where's the proof? Every villain? What about Voldemort? He just like always shoots down my very good observations. You know what, Mr. Rose? You're right. And Rose was wrong because most villains have Russian accents. Oh, get it. Get it. Put him in his place. Anyways. Okay. So Clary's mom's house is being broken into by these guys who are obviously up to no good. They are looking for what they call the cup and they keep looking for the cup. Clary's mom tries to fight these guys off. She's like beating them. You could tell that Jocelyn has had some sort of fight training because she's taking on two guys and she's still not down. And these guys are huge. So you can tell that her mom has some experience with beating the shit out of people. Goals. Goals, right? <laughs> but Clary's mom ends up getting to the bathroom, okay? She barricades herself in the bathroom and calls Clary. And she's like, don't come home. You can't come here. He found me. Go to Luke and tell him Valentine found me. And then mom takes this vial of like potion. I thought she was poisoning herself when she drank this thing, but apparently she just put mm-hmm. herself in some sort of like suspended sleep, which I didn't know was an option personally. I wonder if that hurts your back. I want right because she's like floating. She's floating in the air in yeah. a suspended sleep. But is it like firm support on the back? Is it like mm. point support where there's like support on your shoulders and your Hips, yeah. but like nothing like, else. What kind of? It's an air mattress. <gasps> also, her head is kind of lolling back. I'm like, that bitch is going to have one hell of a neck crick when she comes out of this. The log- I don't think she was thinking about the logistics of being suspended in the middle of the air for an undetermined amount of time, but that's her new life now. This brings us to another very popular concept in YA books is that the parents can't be here because it fucks with our plot. 100%. We need to be 100%. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's why most parents in YA books are dead, have demanding jobs to where they're absent, (laughs) or just really shitty parents to where they don't care. You heard it here first. If you have a demanding job, your kids are probably being attacked by demons. They are making their own real life plot of a YA book. Yes. This is why I work from home. My kids aren't doing shit. Bringing demons into my house in this economy? Get the fuck out of here. We have rules about somebody demons in the house. And my children <laughs> know it. Clary is, by the way, still in this freaking alleyway arguing with this invisible man that no one else can see when her mom calls mm-hmm. her and tells her this. So Clary hears her mom, hears the commotion. And at her house. And so Clary runs home. But by the time Clary runs home, there doesn't seem to be anyone there. Like her mom isn't there, but her house is completely mm-hmm. trashed. Like the house is trashed beyond repair. So Clary is going through her house like mom. Mm-hmm. And there's like this Rottweiler in the kitchen. Yeah. With white eyes. <laughs> it is not A regular schmegular Rottweiler, which on a regular day, a Rottweiler growling at me is scaring the crap out of me. If his eyes go white, I'm done. And then his head splits open and he starts growing these tentacles. And like the dog facade on the outside of this thing kind of crumbles inwards. And it's like one of those like octopuses that you can like flip inside out to be like a happy octopus or a sad octopus. But now it's like angry Rottweiler 
<laughs> Tentacle demon. Oh no. Is it octopusi? Octopus is it octopusi? Octopusi or octopuses? The plural of octopuses? I think it's octopi. Is it? Can we Google it? Okay, so both octopuses and octopi are acceptable <laughs> plurals. Are you laughing at octopuses? Sorry, I prefer octopuses. Of the two, octopuses is the simpler and more commonly used. The proposed plural octopods is hmm. based on the plural of an ancient Greek word from which octopus is ultimately derives, but it's rarely used outside of the octopuses debate. So technically, oh in reality, if we're going by the origin of the word octopodes, octopodes oh. is technically the reigning, yes, this is the most correct, but you can say mm -hmm. octopuses or octopi and still be correct. Love it. Live, laugh, love it. Okay. Clary tries to run away from this demon dog thing she she listen this is a little bit concerning clary figures out how to make like an impromptu fucking explosion in her house and then she hides in the refrigerator she manages to blow up the octopus <laughs> what is the singular octopus the octopus why does it sound funny to me now why does the word octopus, octopus. sound <laughs> well um, mr puss Mr. Angry Demon Puss. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it, it's a raven or demon. That's what it's called in the book. It's a raven or demon. Yeah, he gets blown up into pieces and then gathers itself back up. I mean, it's terrifying. Mm -hmm. It gathers itself back up and goes to attack Clary one more time. I want you to think about some slime and I want you to think about pulling off little balls of that slime and then dropping it all together and then it just forming back into one it's big so solid. It's so disgusting. It starts putting itself back together and then murderer sweeps in and is like, got to keep murdering today. And then <laughs> he takes this giant sword and like decapitates it and like stabs it in the heart. He saves Clary and he introduces himself. His name is Jace Whalen. And he says, hey, this thing was a demon and the thing I killed at the club was also a demon. So... I'm not a murderer. Let me, allow me to re reintroduce myself. I am actually a shadow hunter. I kill demons. He, he says he kills demons. And shadow hunters are half human, half angels. Like, But like a shadow hunter and a shadow hunter can produce another shadow hunter. Um, shadow hunters are sort of the peacekeepers. They are like the police of the supernatural. Clary goes to her neighbor... Listen, yes, she goes to her neighbor, who's a full ass witch. But what I want to know is how this lady was sitting in her apartment, hearing explosions and demons and like all sorts of shit happening upstairs. And she was minding her goddamn business because she's black. OK, and she's like, no, that ain't got nothing to do with me. That has nothing to do with me. <laughs> yeah. Clary goes downstairs to her neighbor's house. Her name was Dorothea. Dorothea opens the door. She sees Clary, and then she sees Jace, a shadow hunter, behind Clary, and the shadow hunters are the police of the supernatural world, and she just shuts the door. <laughs> <laughs> She's not talking to no popo today. <laughs> Come back with the warrant, motherfucker. So does Clary know that Dorothea is a witch? I don't understand. Because mm -hmm. here's the thing, too. Apparently, Clary was raised in the shadow hunter world, but her mother had her memories suppressed for some reason. 
Clary was not raised in the Shadowhunter world. Clary's mom dipped when she was pregnant with Clary. Okay. But like... But then, so why does she need to suppress her memories? Because Shadowhunters naturally see things that humans don't. So her mom had the memories of all this weird shit she saw suppressed. Mm-hmm. So she she forgot it as she saw it. Gotcha. Dorothea's like, no, I don't know where your mom is. And I heard a whole bunch of racket upstairs. And I'm trying not to die today. So I need you to get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> she doesn't have answers for Clary. But she does give Clary a free tarot card reading. And Dorothea mm. has these giant tarot cards that are beautiful. Mm. They're hand-painted. They were hand-painted by Jocelyn. Yeah, by Clary's mom. So Clary pulls the Ace of Cups, and it represents a new love, a new beginning, and great possibilities. It represents not like a love of something, but a love with someone. So it's like an intimate, like passionate type of love. Girl, her mom is missing. She's like, help me find my missing mom. And the witch is like, girl, you about to get it in. Girl, you about to get that shadow hunter dick. <laughs> but after this, Clary's like, what the fuck do we do? And they go to Luke, okay? Remember the friend zone dude that wants in mom's pants? She goes to Luke. Yeah, because also that's what the mom told her to do. So yes. I don't know why she went to the neighbor first. But the thing is, when Clary and Jace, when they go to Luke's place to tell Luke that, quote, Valentine found her mom, it appears that somebody found Luke because Luke is tied up in a chair. And these guys are interrogating him. Luke says some pretty terrible things. He says, I don't know where the cup is. I've been trying to find it for years. Why do you think I cozied up to Jocelyn and her little brat? Yeah, and that really hurts Clary's feelings. So much so that even though she's supposed to be hiding to not be noticed, she uh, sidesteps and breaks a vase and like completely yeah. draws attention to herself. And then Jace is like, fuck. So then Jace fights off the two guys. <laughs> The guys aren't dead, but they're down. So Jace and Clary and Simon, they run. They leave. I keep forgetting that Simon, the golden retriever Mm -hmm. boy from the beginning, the one who's Clary's friend, I keep forgetting he's there. And that's a little bit of like, I don't want to say it's a plot hole, but it's just strange that they just wanted to keep him in the middle, even though he literally serves no purpose and he does nothing. He's like in every action scene. He does serve a purpose in the books. Simon has a big role in the books. This starts in the first book. Okay. It felt like they were keeping Simon around because they wanted the love triangle that would eventually develop. Yes. Poor Simon. Poor Simon. <laughs> so Clary, Simon, and Jace run out of there. Jace knows where to go because there is actually like a safe haven for shadow hunters. And so that's where he takes Clary and Simon. Yeah, and it's actually where he lives. Jace lives at the Institute. The Institute, there's institutes in like all of the big cities. And it's the stronghold of the shadow hunters in each of these cities. It's giving Doctor Strange. It is. I love it. You know, do you ever watch Doctor Strange? <laughs> no, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. When you first look at it from the outside, it looks like an abandoned building. But Clary, since she has the sight, she can see it for what it is, and it looks like a castle. It's this beautiful castle in the middle of the city. By the way, the city, we didn't even name it, New York City. 
this is where the whole story mm-hmm. is taking place is in the middle of New York City, which kind of now that I think about it, it makes so much sense that the neighbor, which was like, I nope, I heard nothing. I saw nothing. <laughs> Minding my business. Right. But they get inside. OK. And as soon as they get inside, Clary like collapses. She starts like convulsing. And Jace is like, what the hell? And he starts just looking around and then he rips the sleeve of her shirt she has a wound and he sees where the demon attacked her and the demon is venomous. So he does something. It's a little risky. He -hmm. draws a healing rune on her arm and it's risky because if she's a human, she dies. Mm -hmm. If she's not a human and she's a shadow hunter, she doesn't die. But there are so many other things she could be in this world. She could have been a fae. She could have been a werewolf. She could have been a vampire. She could have been mm-hmm. a shadow hunter. She could have been a witch, a warlock. She could have been so many different things. So drawing a ruin, which is essentially just a symbol, right? So in this mm-hmm. world, symbols are magical. Like the power is held within a symbol. And shadow For hunters. For the shadow hunters, yes. Okay. Gotcha. So they draw symbols and they draw power from the symbols. And so he was going to heal Clary with the symbol if she was a shadow hunter. He just, he was willing to take that risk. Yeah, with her life. If she dies, she dies, you know? Right. At this institute is where Clary gets more information about the shadow hunters and this new world Mm -hmm. that she had no idea existed. She gets a crash course in shadow hunter history that they are descendants of the angel Raziel, that they were brought to Earth to fight the demons. Isn't it Raziel? Raziel? Are we saying the same thing? I don't know. Okay. Two people with a speech impediment trying to like <laughs> explain explain pronunciation. <laughs> so it's either the angel Raziel or the angel Raziel. Raziel. No. Um, no, that doesn't sound right. Anyways, Razzy boy, he, he the shadow hunters are a descendant of him. Clary also learns what the importance of this cup is that everyone's looking mm-hmm. for. So apparently, there is a cup that is the cup that turned shadow the original shadow hunters into half angels, half humans. Right? Yes. So it's a cup that they use that they can use to make shadow hunters who are not born shadow hunters. When a human drinks from this cup, they can turn into a shadow hunter if they like survive the process. That seems it seems like that second part is probably like in tiny letters, like at the bottom of the description. If you survive the process. <laughs> so this cup is what all these people are after. And it's essentially the reason that her mom is missing because Mm -hmm. the guys that came looking for it took her mom with her, even though her mom put herself into like a suspended sleep. Yes, they took mom with them. And the cup's been missing for like 15 years. Shadowhunter numbers are dwindling. The cup was originally stolen from the Shadowhunters by Valentine, the guy that Jocelyn ran from. Then Jocelyn stole it from Valentine, and now we don't know where it is. Yeah, because the theory is that Clary knows where the cup is, that her mom must have told her where the cup is or that somehow she has memory of it, and they need this cup. Jace takes her to the Silent City, which is the City of Bones. It's Mm -hmm. in, they go in through a mausoleum, at a cemetery and the silent brother escorts them in the silent brothers are shadow hunter men 
who have taken this vow and they undergo this process that their lips are sewn shut, their eyes are like sewn shut, and then they can now speak telepathically with you. And he just like leans down and like talks to Clary in her head and his voice is super deep and he's like, are you sure you want to do this? Can you imagine just responding to him in the same voice? Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> and then he just kills you for being annoying. That's what would happen to me. <laughs> just like, yes. I thought we were doing a bit. <laughs> <laughs> imagine bringing your kid to see the silent brothers and you're like, don't say anything about his mouth being so shut <laughs> and his eyes being so shut, please. And the first thing your kid will do is be like, what's wrong with your face? Mommy? How do you brush your teeth? Yeah. Do you want no. some goldfish? Oh, never mind. You got, what kind of snacks do you guys have? And so they, they enter the silent city and the walls are lined with like bones and skulls. And Jace, being the smartass that he is, Clary's asking him questions about it. And he's like, these are all the bones of the shadow hunters. And he goes and he taps the skull and goes, one day this will be me. He's not kidding. He's like excited about it. Well, the thing is, in the book, Jace is this cocky, irreverent, swaggering dude. Okay? Like he, Mm -hmm. all of those things. He is cocky. He is irreverent. He has this swagger about him. That's just the picture of confidence and debonair is Jace. And so he takes her down to like this rotunda, like this big domed room underground. Mm -hmm. And he just like watches her go to the Silent Brothers and they start the process. And she's getting, Clary's getting flashes. She's getting flashes of memories she she sees some things like she sees her mom and Dorothea and Luke and this other guy. And then she collapses to the ground and she starts writing like weird symbols, like these little circles. And somehow, because Jace is so intelligent, you could tell by his what, what did you call him? Feline face. You could tell by his feline face. He does. He has a he looks feline like like he has a cat like face. So you can tell by his cunning face that he's very mm-hmm. smart. And he figures out what the symbols are that she wrote. Yeah, he says it's like the impression that your brain gets. And so it turns out that what she wrote was actually a name, which was Bane. And Clary's like, okay, Bane, what is that? And they're like, Magnus Bane. He's the high warlock of Brooklyn. <laughs> hey, Brooklyn, it's my whole town, represent <laughs> <laughs> okay listen frank and i went to brooklyn once when we went to new york and we we went we walked around for a few blocks we're like nope we should go back to manhattan <laughs> you went too far into brooklyn you're not supposed to do that unless you're from there you stay on the outskirts if you're not from brooklyn i know we went in and we were walking around and we're like i don't think we belong here <laughs> and so now like you know what? Magnus Bane is all love is love. Who cares? Whatever. I'm here to party, but also I like magic and I'm pretty fucking good at it. Hi, we're like a Brooklyn. What up, bruh? So that that's Magnus in a nutshell. So Magnus was the one who Clary's mom would bring her to, to keep her from remembering all the things that she would see as a young shadow hunter. The point of the meeting is to see if Magnus can remove the blocks in Clary's brain because he put them there. And he's like, nope, it's one of my masterpieces of a spell. Even I can't undo it. 
While Clary is meeting with Magnus Bane and learning about the enchantment put on her to forget, we have Simon, who again is being dragged around for no real reason. He's being dragged around because he's a golden retriever and he wants to be where Clary is. He gets attacked and they have to go on this recon rescue mission to get Simon from the vampires. Yeah, well, Simon drinks this random vial of random something. And so what does that do? Does that make him now vampire property or like, what's the deal? I think he drank vampire blood. So Simon gets kidnapped by the vampires. Jace just, I don't think Jace purposely lets it happen. I think he just says kind of like to to fuck with Simon. I'm paying attention to Clary. And when Clary finds out that Simon's gone, she goes ballistic. Yeah, there were three shadow hunters that in theory could have protected Simon, but they didn't. So they go on this recon mission and have to rescue him from Hotel de Mort. Is that a, a, a hotel that only people from this world can see or can people from Brooklyn also go to this hotel? I, I'm unsure. I don't know. I think that okay. everyone can go there. But they rescue him and Simon's not doing well. He's pretty banged up. They bring him back to the Institute. But while he's sleeping it off, Jace is like, Clary, I have a surprise for you. He does not talk like a Victorian child, (laughs) although he does look like a Victorian child. I need to send you this TikTok later of this guy with the sexiest accent I've ever fucking heard in my life. I'll send it to you later. Do it. Do it. Do it. So there's been tension all this time between Jace and Clary. She was obviously attracted to him back when she thought he was a murderer. And then after she found out he wasn't a murderer, she's like, hey, that's extra hot that you are you don't actually kill people. <laughs> so cute. So fun. Jace is also into Clary. And we know this because he does something that would seduce me. He takes her to a greenhouse in the Institute. It seems to be like on a top floor. Mm-hmm. And it's full of like months. And it's full of like monstera looking plants and, and fireflies. And I just, yes, like just And there's yes. a spiral staircase in the middle and they yeah. climb it and they're sitting on it. And he brings her a birthday apple and he puts a candle in it. Yeah, because he knows it's her birthday. She's 16 years old. Yes. How old is he? 17 or 18. So it's not like we're not getting into creepy territory. Right. Okay, good. Good, because she is still a child. 15 is a child. Yes. Six, 16 is a child. 17 is also a child. Honestly, 23 to 25, still a child. You're not a yeah. child until you're over 25. <laughs> until you can rent a car, you're not a child. <laughs> but he does this big grand thing. And then they walk down the stairs and he's like, it's midnight. And at midnight... The clock chimes and all of these flowers in the greenhouse open with this magical little sparkle and glow. It's very romantic. It's just, it's mm-hmm. it's too much. It's too much for all of us. And Clary and Jace end up sharing a kiss. They start making out. Then it starts raining in the greenhouse. Mm-hmm. So it's all the feels. It's It's nice. I like it. Picasso. He walks her back to her room and he goes to kiss her, okay? After this cute little birthday date and this magic and the sprinklers and they go to kiss and Simon opens her door and Jace is like, uh, it's kind of rude. You could tell he's hurt, but Clary didn't even know Simon was there. I thought Simon was staying in Clary's room because he needed to be taken care of because he was still recuperating. I don't know. 
what happened was he was in the hospital wing in the infirmary, woke up, went to go to Clary's room to look for her, and she wasn't there, so he decided to just wait for her. Jace gets mad. Clary doesn't even bother trying to explain. Simon is mad at Clary because he can see that there is a budding romance between Clary and Jace. And so Simon decides this is the time to tell Clary how he feels about her. And he's like, I love you. And she's like, huh, Simon. I love you too, like a brother. Like a brother, like a little brother. (laughs) (laughs) But the next day, Clary is in the library of the Institute. She's learning about runes and she's drinking a little cup of tea. A little cup of tea. She sets it down on her notebook and the teacup ends up becoming a picture on the notebook instead of an actual teacup. Clary has to reach into the page and physically pull the cup out of the page. So Hodge, who is essentially in charge at the Institute, Mm -hmm. he is watching Clary do this and he tells her that the only other person he's ever seen who was able to do this was her mother. Yes. And things start to click with Clary. And then she remembers the Ace of Cups on Dorothea's cards that her mother painted for her. And this is where Clary realizes my mom was a freaking genius. And she took this cup that everybody's looking for and she put it inside of a tarot card so that it looks like a painting, but it's actually the real cup. And then she gave it to a witch. (laughs) Yes. Clary goes and she tells Jace, Clary, Jace, and then two other shadow hunters, they go to Dorothea to get the cup. Dorothea, again, is not keen on having the popo in her house. So she tells Jace that he has to leave his weapons outside. Jace sits at the piano in Dorothea's house. And I don't know if he did this on purpose because he had told us a little bit earlier in the movie that there are certain frequencies that Mm -hmm. demons react to. It's a crossing of notes. There's a very specific crossing of notes that drives demons insane. For me, it's the sound of multiple iPads at the same time playing different YouTube videos. Yes. (laughs) That's what brings the demons out. (laughs) Meanwhile, the other two shadow hunters go upstairs to check out the apartment upstairs for demons. Meanwhile, Jace and Clary are downstairs and Clary asks to look through the tarot cards. And Dorothea's like, sure. Jace is messing with the piano and you can see Dorothea going crazy. She's twitching. She's like, stop that. Oh, knock it off. That piano's out of tune. Stop. Clary finds the Ace of Cups card and she reaches in and she pulls it out. She pulls out this cup, the cup. Is there a name for the cup or is it just the cup? It's the mortal cup. The mortal cup. Okay. The second she pulls it out of the tarot Mm -hmm. card and holds it in her hand, whatever demon was possessing Dorothea just breaks out of her. Explodes from inside of Dorothea. The shadow hunters upstairs, they hear the racket. They go downstairs, kick open the door. A fight ensues here, okay? Clary ends up getting the cup away from Dorothea. Jace kills Dorothea. But one of the shadow hunters that came with them is badly injured. So they have to race back to the Institute to get him medical help. They all race back to the Institute to help the injured shadow hunter. Mm -hmm. Clary goes to Hodge. Again, he's in charge of the Institute. She goes to Hodge to give him the cup. Like, look, I found the cup. And when Hodge gets the cup, 
he gets a weird look in his face. He gets a mischievous gleam in his eye. A little sus. A little sus. He starts to say he's been living in fear for 15 years because it turns out that Hodge actually assisted Valentine in the uprising years ago. Punishment for his assisting Valentine was a curse put on him to where he cannot leave the Institute. And Valentine has offered to break this curse for him in exchange for the cup. Yeah, so again, Valentine is the ultimate bad guy that Clary's mom was running Mm -hmm. from and all this stuff. And the moment that Hodge has this cup, he goes over to this very convenient portal that they have. And it essentially looks like a puddle on the wall. And he goes over to this portal. Valentine walks out of the portal. Yes. Valentine comes in and he has his villain monologue already. Do you think they work on it all night? He's had 15 years to work on this. And so he talks about how he is going to use the mortal cup to make more shadow hunters, but he's going to mix the shadow hunters with demon blood to make a crossbreed of demons and shadow hunters to overthrow the clave and become super villain extraordinaire of the universe. It's like a villain exponent. Yes. And villain squared. Yes. And Clary finds out some tea about herself. Okay. Girl, this tea threw me for a goddamn loop. All of a sudden, it was a straight up Jerry Springer episode up in this movie. Yes, because Valentine is Clary's dad. Yeah, he tells her that he is her dad. And then he tells Clary that Jace is also his son. Therefore, Clary and Jace, who just made out in this beautiful romantic scene, are siblings. Full ass siblings. And Clary's like, no, my brother died in a fire. And he's like, no, this is your brother. And Jace is like, no, I remember my childhood. And Valentine's like, you remembered what I wanted you to remember. Clary's not the only one who blocks out her memory. Did they have to do this? Did they have to do, did they have to go all Star Wars on us? Like this, uh, like really? Like apparently Valentine is everybody's daddy here. And (laughs) so here's the thing. Neither Clary nor Jace seem particularly upset that they have made out with their sibling. I think they're both going to go to the guy that takes their memory away. (laughs) They're going to be like, listen, there's this thing that happened. Very romantic. And I need you to just take it out of my head. Yes. Meanwhile, Valentine is like trying to like summon demons. There's a flock of freaking birds. The werewolves have been summoned to the Institute to help free Jocelyn because Jocelyn's body apparently has been in the basement of the Institute the whole time. Yeah. Why were they keeping her there? I think it's because nobody would look there. Oh my God. Yeah. To be fair, if somebody hid something in my basement, I probably would never find it. That's fair. But the werewolves come. There's demons. There's bad guys. Hotch is like, Valentine, you need to remove the curse. That was our deal. I give you cup, you remove curse. And Valentine's like, I don't have- I give you cup, you remove curse. I give you cup, you remove curse. Yes. I give you cup, (laughs) remove the curse. (laughs) Yes. And Valentine's like, but I know half cup. 
And Hodge is like, it's not my fucking <laughs> fault. You gave it to Clary. Because what happened was Valentine tried to force Clary to drink from the cup. And then Clary put the cup in the portal and threw it. And she's like, if you were actually around from my childhood, you would know where my deepest thoughts and desires are taking this cup. So now Clary's the only fucking person who knows where the cup is because she threw it into the portal. So mm-hmm. cup gone, Hodge still curse, Valentine mad. Clary and Jace, <laughs> full ass siblings. Clary actually does one better because she actually ends up as Valentine is angrily scolding Clary for throwing the cup into the portal, mm-hmm. she donkey kicks him into the portal. So she puts the bad guy into the portal. Yes. Uh, but they can close the portal on their end, which I don't know why they didn't do that already, to be honest. I guess they try to close the portal and they get it finally closed with his arms jutting out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the guy's trying to come back in <laughs> and it's just like his arms jutting out of it. The really crazy part is that Clary didn't throw the cup into the portal. She threw the replica of the cup. So there was a painting that was a replica of the cup Mm -hmm. and she was able to like reach into the painting. So like when you think about this for a second, Mm -hmm. it's not that they can place physical objects into painting. It's that they could literally make two-dimensional objects three-dimensional and they can make three-dimensional objects two-dimensional yes so she took a painting and pulled it out and made Mm -hmm. and made it look like the actual cup which she pretended to throw into the portal yes and then she has the real cup still she still has it in the tarot card yes she puts it back where it belongs with the witch just kidding no which is dead dead. and (laughs) at this point valentine is wherever cup is with clary and jocelyn's still in a coma Her mom is still in a coma, yeah. And Clary and Jace are still full-ass siblings. Still full-ass siblings. (laughs) They're still full-ass siblings. And, like, Clary and Jace go to Clary's apartment to get some of her stuff to bring back to the Institute with her. This is the closing scene, by the way. Mm -hmm. And Jace, obviously, drives a motorcycle because why not? And so she has to get on the back of the motorcycle to go back to the Institute. And she's like, is this okay? I can just put my arms... Like here, like around you. I could just die. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I know this is a long series, so I'm sure there's like a reason for this plot line. After we wrap up, I'll tell you the reason. Okay. What is the reason? What was the reason? But yes, I'm assuming I'm going to tell you what I think. I haven't read the book. I don't know anything about this, but I am assuming that it's not true. I'm assuming that Valentine told them this just to mess with them because he saw that they were falling in love with each other. Why would you believe what the bad guy tells you anyway? Okay, imagine if it was true and you didn't believe them, and then you you guys are actually full-ass siblings. Do you want to hear the absolute worst thing? The absolute worst thing that's going to make you cringe? What? This book was written by Cassandra Clare um, originally as Harry Potter fan fiction of Ginny and Ron. No. Yes, no. yes, yes. No. Yes. Take it back. Why would you do this? No. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait a second. No cap. It was an incestual story. She wrote it originally as an incestuous Harry Potter fan fiction. This is so disgusting. <laughs> I want to unwatch this goddamn movie. This is so fucking gross. What the fuck? Guys, well, 
that is where our movie leaves us. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you. I see the pure joy in your eyes at traumatizing me. Well, guys, this is where our movie leaves. The teapot is empty for today. And I wish I had never drank the tea. <laughs> Don't worry. Maury's bringing it on the way. We'll be back next week with another episode. See you next time. Bye.